Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name's Adam. And my name is Jeremy. And we are here to discuss Uncanny X-Men number 251, the early November 1989 issue, on sale July 4th of 1989, Independence Day. Uh, this one's uh, cost a buck. It's got a 32-page count. It's titled Fever Dream. Did I tell you my theory about X-Men 249 and 250? No. Does it have to do with shattered stars? Kinda. Okay. Uh, I don't know. But the theory is, is I wonder if they were angling for that to be an annual, and it just didn't fit in anywhere. So they cut mm, it up. Yeah, you did. You did, did I? Mention okay. That. Yeah. Well, all right. It had been on my mind because this issue here, I guess I don't know how that connects. This issue here. I feel like would have made a much more proper issue 250. But it's not double-sized. It could have been. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that happens, and, I, and I, I won't spoil anything, but there's a lot of stuff packed in, and it works as a nice little package, in my opinion. But I feel like they could have actually blown it out to a double-sized issue, and it probably would have been just as effective. And since it's, you know, well, this is the spoiler, I feel like this is kind of the rebirth of the X-Men that would have made a really good 250. But... Usually 250 isn't double-sized anyway, so... Well, that's right, it wasn't. So, I guess it doesn't matter either way. Never mind. And uh, and they wouldn't double-size 249 to get that story out of the way. Although, I feel like they could have covered those two parts in a single issue. Possibly. <laughs> 249 doesn't seem so much, but 250 maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, know. on the cover of this, you get uh, four colors. Purple, black, green, and blue. Yes, it's true. <laughs> uh, arguably, there's some shades of purple. I mean, arguably, there's white as well. White and pink. So we'll call it six colors. <laughs> uh, and it is an X that is uh, on top of a bunch of skulls and uh, crucified or crossified to that cross is Wolverine. Yeah. It's a good cover. Uh, it's a great cover, and you got a, it's a classic cover. You get like a hawk or something flying over the X Men logo. It's another one of those really good concept covers with 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 a uh, with a just zero background. And I feel like there could have been some different choices in the color palette. This probably is an image that works better with no background than previous things. But man, Sylvester just hates backgrounds on covers. And I'm not even talking about the backgrounds. The backgrounds, in my opinion, are, are fine. Uh, I mean, the focus of this should just be the X and the Wolverine. But the greenish-yellow, uh, black-blue, it just feels like it could have been a, a more stark palette or even cooler. And they wouldn't do this until modern times, but just make this a black-and-white cover. Well, that'd be neat. Yeah, man, totally. But should, You should make a black-and-white T-shirt of it. Oh man, I would, I would. If if all that other crap was gone and it was just Wolverine on this X, uh, with the skulls below him, I think that would be a dynamite T-shirt. Maybe, maybe covers don't have as much in the way of backgrounds as I'm thinking they do, and Sylvester's just kind of following the standard form. I'm trying. I, I bet John Byrne covers have backgrounds, but beyond that, I don't know. Uh, I think it's. I think we're entering up an era where pencilers are either doing more work uh, or doing them faster because I, I don't have any concrete evidence that I can call back to but to me it feels like and I've mentioned this in the pages of X Factor I'm like this art just looks like it's 
quickly. It's a diff- totally different style, even though it's the same artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and it just to me is like I need to quickly do this issue. Uh, I'm not accusing Silvestri of doing a poor job, but I think just the lack of backgrounds might be kind of a I don't know testament to that. Well, you've already got like fill-in artists, and uh, this this two issues a, a month schedule is pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like X Men might even be like three issues this month. This one does it's say just, like it's just ridiculous. Yeah, early November. So I wonder if there's like an early, mid, and late November. Yeah, there is. There's oh. early, mid, and late, just like you said. Uh, interestingly enough, Marvel is every title every every Marvel title has two issues this month. Hmm. So, so it was most for a while. It was just the popular ones. Like I think in October, it was just whatever was selling the most. But in some weird experimentation, Marvel decided, and in November, or I guess July, every issue will have two issues in a month. We're going to make so much money. Yeah, maybe. It's, uh, well, it's, uh, they're, they're striving for some of that uh, Black Friday Monday m- money. Black Friday money. Except that this came out in July. But it's labeled November. I don't know, Adam. <laughs> Don't you know how comics work? No, I don't. Anyways, uh, so cover's good. Uh, color palette could be better, but uh, it is what it is. And as I'm kind of flipping through the issue, um, there is kind of a lack of backgrounds in a lot of these panels. And the art isn't as good as what I've come to expect from Silvestri and Green. Um, it seems like they might be a bit under the crunch, which maybe makes sense. Yeah. Because the last, last issue they were on the ball and then the previous issue before that was a jim lee issue and the issue after that is a rick leonardi issue so they must be burned out yeah so this is written by chris claremont mark uh, mark silvestri and dan green are the artists tom orzakowski is the letter glennis oliver is the colors bob harris is the editor tom defalco is the chief inquisitor Uh, and uh spoilers on this one uh this this is one of my very favorite issues of the uncanny x-men do you want to talk about why that is now or after? We can talk about it after. But I just wanted to set the stage that this is one of my very favorite uh, issues, despite what I will agree with is probably not the best example of Silvestri and Green's artwork. If you look back towards some of the issues in Mutant Massacre or some of the issues, not Mutant Massacre, um, uh, uh, Fall of the Mutants and some of the issues prior to that, I feel like those issues are where, are where Silvestri and Green were like at their like pinnacle hmm. of just like detail and just i don't know everything was popping and all the panels looked good this this still does look good but you can kind of I, I feel like yeah time crunch we're trying to get a few of these banged out maybe we got a couple of other gigs lined up I mean, th- yeah there's this stuff is this is still good this is still very good yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just not the best and that's okay it doesn't have to be um on the first page, we get a full-page spread of Wolverine's head. He's hairy. <laughs> He's got blood coming out of his nose and his mouth, and his teeth uh, are kind of bared. Uh, and the little balloon next to him, or the narr- narration, which is from Wolverine's voice, says, Heat means sun, sun means day. I have survived to see another dawn. So the Wolverine that we're seeing here right now, he's been here for... At least, at least a day, if not longer. It also says starring the last of the Uncanny X-Men. Hmm, interesting. What do you think that means? I don't know. This might be the last issue of the X-Men. 
Lucky me, he says, and we pull out to a, a medium shot of Wolverine sitting on the cross. Bunch of vultures? I think they're vultures flying around Probably. him. One's landed on the ground. And the blaring... Yeah, the one on the ground is definitely a vulture. Yeah, the ones in the air kind of look like hawks or eagles. Sylvester um, doesn't know how to draw vultures in flight. <laughs> Do vultures even fly? I don't even know. Uh, the only time I've ever seen them... No, they circle. Absolutely. Do they? Okay. Oh, yeah. You see some roadkill on the side of the road, and you look up, and you might see like a bunch of things circling. Those are vultures. I know they regurgitate. <laughs> well, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> the sun is definitely blaring down on top of the, the their little town, and Wolverine, who has no protection from the sun, and really he's wearing his Wolverine boots and like a loincloth. That's it. Yeah, man. Pierce comes and grabs him by his hair, and he's like, good morning, you comfy? And uh, we get a little bit of uh, thought from Wolverine about this is Donald Pierce. He's from the Hellfire Club. They kicked him out. He hates mutants, especially me. But at the moment, I couldn't care less. Pierce is like, look at me, X-Men, or I'll slice your eyelids away, and we'll see if they grow back with your healing power. Or we'll keep. We'll see if your vaunted healing power will keep you from going blind. So I guess You remember my associates, do you not? Rest assured, they all remember you. We've all of us felt your claws, Wolverine. This is where we return that pain in full measure. That's what I'm going with for uh, Donald Pierce. <laughs> he probably would talk like that. <laughs> we get uh, reintroductions to Cole, Reese, and Mackin. They were Hellfire Commandos. And then we got the Reavers, who don't get names. No, we do. Pretty Boy, Bonebreaker, and Skullbreaker, or Skullbuster. And then, of course, Lady Deathstrike who has been lumped in with the Reavers, even though I feel like she was Mackin and Reese's boss. He says she voluntarily sacrificed her physical humanity to gain her revenge in you, therefore she's part of the gang. Mm. Um, didn't didn't she get rebuilt by a Spiral? She did. Is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. Sacrificed her physical humanity. So she's not actually a cyborg by any means, but I guess the point here is that she sacrificed some humanity. She's been augmented, so therefore they claim her as one of her own, of, of one of theirs. Interesting that Donald Pierce uh, rebuilt Cole, Macon, and Reese. I, which, that's So he's like a cybernetic genius, I guess. Were they cut up after 205? I don't remember. Because issue 205 has... How does that work? I don't remember. Which one's 205? 205 is the Barry Windsor Smith issue where okay, Lady so Deathstrike... Okay, so in that one, they're already cyborgs. Okay. Because I remember we were talking about it. And it was like, these guys are cyborgs. They should really uh, hook them up with the Reavers. No, oh, did we? Yeah. Uh, but, knowing full well that they did. Yeah. Did, did, uh, did we find out how they were turned into cyborgs? No, it doesn't, doesn't really... I don't think it talked about that. Maybe there was like a throwaway line, hmm. I, but I definitely don't think Donald Pierce was mentioned. No, I feel like this is the first mention of Donald Pierce since way early in the Hellfire Club days. Well, anyways, uh, well, I guess not the first mention. We we they have been teased in the last couple of issues of the X Men, but outside of that, uh, Wolverine looks uh, at Pierce and defiantly says, "I'm impressed." And uh, Donald Pierce is like, you dare mock me, and slaps him across the face. And he's like, oh, 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 you've angered me. Made me lose my temper, lose control. 
This round then to you. Enjoy the taste of victory, little man. You have my word, it'll be your last. We get a close-up of Wolverine's eyes and nose and bloody mouth, and he says, What a bet. <laughs> uh, Pierce looks pretty silly as he walks away with his cape turned. He looks like a giant ball. <laughs> he like wraps his cape around himself, and it just looks kind of silly. Yep, it puffs out, so must be a windy day. I'm just imagining he's rolling away. <laughs> his cape caught the wind wrong. He's like, oh, that was not as dramatic as I wanted it to be. Oh, Macon and Reese, I feel so embarrassed. He got me. <laughs> he got me twice today. So he's sitting out there in the sun, baking away. Uh, it's going to be a long day, he says. Hope the bad guys are having as much fun. So the bad guys do kick in some doors, uh, and they start clearing uh, the uh, ghost town. There was some sort of false alarm. Um, somebody who who talks who was talking to Bonebreaker says, "I spotted something. I don't make those kind of mistakes." Yeah, of course not. Paris the thought land snakes land snakes. What a concept! So. Land snakes. Land that snakes. Would be exciting. <laughs> Look out, it's land snakes. Nobody here but us cyborgs and our flesh toy out front. How can you be sure? X Men are invisible to our electronic scanners. Cloak don't seem to apply to their home sensors here. They track just they track them muties just fine. Uh, unless someone exists who's immune to them too. Ooh, hey Sarge, maybe it's the alien gonna grab us in a dark bite our little heads off, nibble our tiny feet. Very funny. Ducky? I'm not sure why he calls him Ducky. It's in quotes, so it must be... It's got to be a reference to something. It's not a reference to Alien, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> uh, let's hope that last... Let's hope that the last lap laugh isn't on us. And we find out in the next page that the sensors were picking up Jubilee, but apparently when she goes into the ventilation system, she's invisible from their radar. Well, it's not... It's It's... Uh, it, it wasn't sensors. It was somebody thought they saw something. I feel like, yeah, sure. But I feel like these guys are robots with, they should have sensors. They should have radar. They should have various uh, sensing devices. In fact, they talk about uh, the X-Men being immune from electronic scanners. I would feel that these Reavers, who are augmented, should be using electronic scanners to find either mutants or other living beings. Well, the one who spotted... Jubes um, has what looks like a fishbowl on his head. I don't see any real enhancements. Um, the other guy's got a football on his or a football helmet on his head. They're both plugged into backpacks that kind of look very Ghostbustery. That go into their helmets. I don't know. I don't see any sign of uh, eyesight enhancements. <laughs> well, it, could, it doesn't have to be eyesight enhancement. It could just be like they all have little headphones going into their ears. It looks like. It could be like boop boop. Mutie. Bonebreaker's not wearing anything. He's just got uh, shades on and a mohawk. Well, yeah. Well, that's why he's like, ah, there's nothing in here. I could have told you <laughs> hot shots that. I'm going to go look at myself in the mirror. He definitely... Trey, Trey, Hollywood. Yeah, he definitely doesn't sense anything because he's, he's uh, well, I mean, he just has a tank body. That's all he's good for. Well, either they have really terrible sensors or somebody just spotted them. Pick your pick your poison. I feel like terrible sensors because Jubilee <laughs> falls, uh, will fall. She jumps off of the uh, ceiling uh, air vents, and she's like, "Oh, gross! I don't like the way they laugh." 
There's only that X-Man on the street, and no sign of his pals, or Gateway. Where'd everybody go? What's happening? So the Reaver's sensors are the equivalent of Stormtrooper's blasters? Yes. Or blaster abilities? I think that's fair to say. Okay. So Wolverine is out front. He's sweating. Um, the precipitation evaporates before it really has time to form. What I see of my skin starts looking cracked and blistered as the ground. Kind of wish they were able to draw that. I feel like they tried to, like his face is kind of wrinkly. Just go watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. What? I know, right? For a long time, they thought that Clint Eastwood was going to be the, the one to play Wolverine. Yeah, back in the 80s or 90s. Back, back when he was young and stuff. I had a great pick for a new Wolverine, and now I forgot who it was. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> I was I don't remember what I was looking at, but whoever it was... Oh, I know who it was. It was um, the guy from mm. The Americans. I have not seen that show. He was also the lead in the Mr. Rogers movie, who wasn't Tom Hanks. I haven't seen that movie. I don't know what else he's been in. Okay. He, he, I saw a picture of him. Now, he's got kind of like curly hair, so they'd have to do something about that. But I saw him with like a full-on beard, and I was like, hey, if you cut out, if you just like shaved the the middle of like his chin and gave him the mutton chops, I feel like he could probably pull off a Wolverine. He's got kind of the face with like arched eyebrows, and I feel like he's short in stature. I don't think he's like ripped or anything, so... If you wanted a ripped Wolverine, he probably wouldn't be the right actor. But well, you can get ripped. I mean, every actor just goes and gets ripped. The other thing is I think he's he might be a little older, so he might not want to get ripped. But That guy from that uh, Silicon Valley, no, is it Silicon Valley? He just got ripped. Oh, uh, Ehrlich Bachman? No, the other guy. The main guy? Not the main guy. One of the oh, you're right. all kind of main guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, the the Indian guy. Yeah, him. Yeah, you could tell in the show, like when when the sh early shows were airing, he was just like a skinny computer programmer, and then towards the end of the season, you're like, that guy is jacked. <laughs> I know they're trying to dress him so that he doesn't look jacked, but you, you just can't. Like he would reach out for like a cup of coffee or something, and his arms were just like massive. <laughs> like that guy got ripped. Good for him. That guy got ripped for a Marvel movie. Oh, did he? Yeah. What was he in? I think he's going to be in Inhumans. Oh. Or no, not Inhumans. In the Eternals. Okay. Alongside Angelina Jolie. Interesting. Who, maybe she got ripped. I don't know. Probably. Anyways, Wolverine, He's uh, he sees Gateway. Gateway shows up and he's like, well, 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 here's a surprise. There was ever a time for you to open on one of your teleport gateways, Gateway. That's kind of clumsy. Maybe I should rephrase that. <laughs> then he says, oh, my kind of man, you brought the whole team. Wait a minute. <laughs> Time out. Something doesn't scope. If I'm the fellow needing a rescue, how come I'm also one of the rescuers? Talk to me, X-Men. Say hello, at least. We see that uh, Gateway has brought in Rogue, Psylocke, Longshot, Wolverine, Dazzler, Colossus, Storm, and Havoc, which seems not possible based on some of the events that we've recently seen. And Wolverine's there to save Wolverine. As he already mentioned. Yes. And then uh, Rogue and me and Longshot, they fade away. The others aren't even batting an eye. 
So Wolverine's like, Storm, what's happening? What's been going on while I was away? Look out behind you! And that's when Havoc shoots him, in the, or shoots her in the back. I didn't mean to. You gotta believe me. It was an accident. Colossus is like, I know these things happen as he cradles her charred body. <laughs> Which is more or less accurate to what actually happened in the issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it tracks. I'm not sure how Wolverine knows this, though. I We can talk about that here in a second as, as the sequence finishes. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't think it tells us, but I just have theories. Crazy. It's crazy. I'm crazy. Maybe the Reaver's playing with my head. And Psylocke shows up, another Psylocke. And uh, it's a cyborg Psylocke. Psylockborg. Cyborg with a PSY. Yeah, or... Psy-Borg. It's like a Terminator Psylocke. Sort of. She's got cyborg legs and body, but only half of a skin face. And she's like, I'm not another Psylocke. Uh, oh, wrong again the one and only <laughs> look at me wolverine oh, see what the reavers have done which that i don't understand apparently the reavers turned her into a psi dashboard <laughs> maybe a uh, hard time for heroes bub rogue's gone long shot quit storm got killed only four of us were left when the reavers come we needed a leader wolverine why weren't you here to help and that all tracks with everything we've seen so is is Psylocke invading this fever dream of Wolverine's and giving him kind of a catch-up? Uh, I mean, this sequence will continue going on. I think that, hmm, I, I want to hold on that thought. Okay. Again, I don't think it tells us, but I have an idea. She, she pops her claws and it makes the snicket noise, which is weird because it wouldn't make the snicket noise. It's not coming out of the same... It's like her nails are just growing. She make more like a grow noise. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Lady Deathstrike's fingernail claws, which don't make a noise, as far as I'm aware. Which I thought she would turn into Lady Deathstrike at first, but I was I wasn't entirely off, but I was off. Yeah, it's interesting how they do this whole sequence. Uh, so she turns around and she slashes and kills Gateway. She got I, you got claws. I got claws. All God's children got claws. More we use them, better we like them. And she starts tearing her skin off. What's the matter, sweetie? Aren't you the best there is at what you do? Bit too late to turn. Uh, bit too late to turn squeamish at the sight of what people love seeing you do best. And she rips off the rest of her clothing, only to reveal that underneath is saber tooth. And he says, uh, look what's underneath the package and the wrapping. You look better, boy. I feel great. Bet you're confused. After all, Sabretooth's supposed to be dead, right? Did we see? And again, so were you. Yeah, I think I think that last time we saw when Sabretooth and fought Psylocke and Wolverine and stuff. Or no, no, what what, what was it? It was a it was we commented on it. It was an off panel death. It should have been in Inferno, right? Yeah, it was at the end of Inferno when they're at the destroyed X mansion. Oh, Mr. Sinister's yeah. there, and we were like, and then Wolverine kills Sabretooth off panel. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy death to retrofit. I mean, retro retcon. I mean, that's not what's happening here, but yes, yes. He's like, I'm dead, right? But then again, so are you, X Men. Faked your death for all the world to see. It's better to go after the bad guys. Joke's on you, eh? 
Being a ghost, even a pretend one, boy, it made you sloppy. Wolvie, I remember the day you couldn't be nailed so easy. And then we flash back, or actually, Sabretooth points at a car off in the distance that's driving in the dust, and we zoom in on that, and we see that it's Wolverine driving back probably from his, uh, wherever he likes to hang out adventures. Madripoor. Thank you. <laughs> the Madripoor adventures. Presumably he got an airplane, and, uh... Had to get a Jeep, and Sabretooth comments on that. It's like, normally Gateway brings you here, but this time he wasn't around, so you had to drive. And you didn't even think anything of that. Boy, oh boy. So there you are, hankering for nothing more than a cool brew and a warm bath. Not quite the welcome you expected, because as he walks into the bar with his Wolverine suit and a random jean vest... He is blown backwards, and out of the bar walks Donald Pierce. And uh, all of the Reavers jump him, hit him with a bunch of harpoons. Not the Marauder harpoon, but actual harpoons. (laughs) They throw the Marauder harpoon at him. (laughs) And the reason they're using harpoons is to keep his claws at a distance. Yep. All the Reavers have felt your claws at one time or another, so we didn't want to get close. Although then they do get close because they're the well three like two of three of them harpoon him from the front, three of them come around the back and start beating the crap out of him, including two guys with guns. Like it, this one guy's like, I'm gonna hit him with my gun. <laughs> That's like Macon or Reese. I don't know who is just beating Wolverine with the front of his gun, and then I think I it's, don't know how to use a gun. I'm gonna beat him with it. And then Pretty Boy has, like, a rod. I don't think he has a gun. And then behind him... I think it's like a baseball bat. And then behind him is Reese, who's just holding his gun, kind of looking on. That's not how you use a gun, he thinks to himself. You should be shooting him. (laughs) Uh, So they're able to get the jump on him. They're able to knock him out. And they're able to pull him to the cross. uh, Where... Who's standing by the cross? Wolverine and Sabretooth. Oh, okay. Wolverine's still kind of showing him everything that's going on. Uh, um, Pierce hangs Wolverine from the X, kind of putting him in the place of where Wolverine's body already is. Yeah, and you can see that the uh, the new Wolverine is mm. is is still pretty white, whereas the uh, the Wolverine that's been on the cross is sunburned. Yeah, he's all is is pretty red. Although I feel like he he could be redder, but still, I I like that coloring choice. Uh, and then. He says, uh, man has a serious dislike for you, Sonny. And, he says, and he's got a mask on, and we recognize it as the mask from the Wolverine and Kitty Pride Limited series. It's from your old teacher, Ogun. He was your friend, but you killed him. Had to, or he'd have done worse to Kitty Pride. Ah, back in the days when you were there, when your team needed you, you fought then. Why not now? Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my strings finally run out. And now, uh, Sabretooth has gone full O-Gun, so he's got the kimono on, or the formal samurai dress, I should say. Sabretooth cares because nobody gets to kill him but you, or kill you but him. Ogun cares because at heart you're a warrior like him, in your own way, a man of honor. And he, with his katana, he slices off the, uh, the, the chains that are holding Wolverine to the X, and Wolverine falls forward into the arms of... Now, Kitty Pride. Interestingly enough, you still see a red body uh, affixed to the cross and the whiter body falling towards Kitty, who is underneath the samurai and under or the samurai dress and the mask. 
And she's like, I care, because when Ogun possessed me and tried to steal my soul, you made me fight for my own life. And they they, uh, they walk off. They're going to walk off to Gateway's Hill uh, because they've seen that he's opened up his portal. And they see the uh, the X-Men somehow right nearby. Um, so the, okay, Gateway's portal is way off in the distance. They <laughs> see that he's opened it. But then they, they also see right next to them that the X-Men come through the portal. And that's when... Um, Wolverine shouts, the Reavers, go back! And Kitty says, Logan, they can't hear you. This isn't real. It's a fever dream. Your spirit's with me. Your body's still on the scaffold. These are events that have already happened. There's nothing you can do to change them. So I think in true dreamlike state, they were hobbling across the uh, ghost town towards the hill. And then the next thing Wolverine knew, he was up on the hill and the X-Men are coming through the portal. Yeah, and him not connecting those dots is like, oh my gosh, X Men ambush, and then Kitty's like, no, this is like Back to the Future too. Kitty's got to straighten it out. You're in a fever dream. Things weird things happen. Yeah, so um, this is when we gonna find out what happened to the X Men. So, so they they do a close up on Betsy, and Kitty says, look at Betsy Psylocke's uh, face. Betsy doesn't need any warning, Logan. She already knows. Whoopie Kaye says Havoc, we're home, we're safe, and that stuff that happened in the Savage Land. Nah, they argue about stuff. <laughs> um, what they, what the the main the main beef of it is is though maybe we shouldn't have just uh, come back to life through the Siege Perilous when Roma gave us the option, and they all decide that they're gonna go back into the Siege Perilous and not exist. Uh, so one by one, as the Reavers uh, are heading up towards the mountain. They all go through the back through the Siege Perilous, through Psylocke into the Siege Perilous. Yeah, man, you're underselling this to a big degree, Adam. Like, there's a big farewell and finale, and Havoc's like, it's time to call it quits, and everyone's second-guessing, and it's really, it's Psylocke who's like, I think this is what we need to do. She's got the Siege Perilous. She puts it up behind her. She says, this is for the best. Yeah, at the end of the day, Psylocke is mind uh, uh, manipulating them. Oh, so man. yeah, I I am sure I am shortening it. <laughs> it's a lot of words. You don't have to read all the words, but <laughs> there's a lot of stuff happening, and it's and it's a really neat sequence as the the siege perilous is behind Psylocke, and then one by one she's saying goodbye to the X Men, but she's like in the siege perilous, kind of welcoming the X Men into it. And like I like I said, they kind of walk, walk through her, yeah. but she's she's not really she's not really there, I guess. So she's she not, she's yeah. in the in the siege perilous yet, not not really yeah. in the siege perilous. And meanwhile, while all of this is happening, the reavers are one by one trying to to like what's happening. They're not coming down because they were here as Psylocke saw in her dream, I guess, to ambush the X Men. I don't know. Were they going to kill the X Men or just like? use the X-Men as bait for Wolverine? I don't know. They're the X-Men. Yeah. You think you would think they have a fighting chance. You would, like, right? Psylocke could be like, hey, the Reavers are coming. We need to be ready to fight. We have the advantage right now because we're on top of the mountain and they don't realize that we know about them. So let's let's take a, let's do a surprise attack. Yeah, she could be like, I have the upper ground. <laughs> or the higher ground, rather. Uh, yeah, well, but they're down some X-Men. They've had a bunch of bad luck. So at this point, she's like, we don't have a chance. And Havoc's like, 
He's killing people left and right. She's taking the uh, lead and making a choice for the safety of the X-Men. Yeah, so all of the X-Men walk into the Siege Perilous. Uh, the Reavers make their way to the top of the mountain, and they're like, what did you do with them, Psywitch? Where did they go? I just want to point out that as Dazzler's going in, Psylocke says, scared Allison, and then Dazzler says, hey, gay girl, I used to be the Herald, Herald of Galactus. Remember that? I do remember that. It's a nice call back there, and she's like, you betcha I'm scared. <laughs> back in the days when we used to cover Dazzler? Ah, those were the days. <laughs> Dazzler. She says, uh, where you cannot touch them, Reaver. And she she steps backward into the Siege Perilous. The Siege Perilous shrinks back down to amulet size and falls to the ground of, I'm guessing, Pretty Boy's feet. Okay. I think he has, like, robot legs. No, wait, all of them is a robot except for his head, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. So then Wolverine reasons, she says... He says, she did this. Psylocke used her telepathy to trick the others through the crystal. And evil-looking Kitty says, gold star for you, Bunky, because that's the new word Chris Claremont likes to use. Bunky. <laughs> and then he turns into Skirkle. <laughs> it is. It's the brood queen who is technically not Skirkle. But for oh, the purposes of our uh, podcast, it's totally Skirkle she turns into. And she says, such a shame, you're in, such a shame your insight will have no... Uh, will no more save them than it will you, and chomps Wolverine's face. Dream's over. Back to reality. So here's my theory. Uh, after all of that, that was a big fever dream, but I feel like one of two things is possible. We we don't see Gateway. I feel like somehow Gateway is somewhere, either ethereal. I doubt he's hiding, uh, and I doubt he was killed by the Reavers, because I think earlier on they say, like, ah, there's no sign of that Gateway guy. Um, I think he somehow psychically imparted this information on Wolverine. Does he have that ability? Sure. Why not? <laughs> For the purposes of this issue, he does. I think it's Psylocke inside of the Siege Perilous, because we see that the Siege Perilous is still around. Uh, that's not a bad theory either. One of the two. But some sort of a psychic imprint is left so that Wolverine's... Uh, Fever Dream is able to pick up all of those pieces uh, because they're all accurate and they're all the things that actually happened. So at this point, what this means is that all of the X-Men, except for Wolverine, uh, are either dead. Uh, I guess in the case of Longshot, he's wandering the Earth trying to find himself uh, or through mm -hmm. the Siege Perilous. So, yeah, I guess they're all in the Siege Perilous. Now, they basically joined Rogue in the Siege Perilous, except for Storm, who is dead. Or is she? Oh, no, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's canon. So back in the reality, it's nighttime. Uh, Pierce comes up. And he's like, oh, it's a good night. Hey, Lady Deathstrike, give me that pan full of spikes. We're going we're gonna to spike Wolverine. They crucify him to the, to the cross. They, they drive these wooden stakes through his hands and his feet. And we know this because we see, well, we don't know this, but we get a really good effect of Jubilee standing behind a wall being like, what's going on? And she's like, no, oh, no, 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 as each one of the spikes, I'm assuming, is driven into one of his, uh, well, hands or feet. Scream, curse you. Why won't you scream? What will it take to make you scream, says Donald Pierce. And then we get some really bad art of Donald Pierce. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, the tank guy, Skullbuster, I think is his name. 
Sure. <laughs> he says, Boss, I'm doing true, but the weather's deteriorating in a major way. Never scanned a storm like this. The best we get, uh, best we get under cover and batten down. Oh, he's Bonebreaker. A sensible suggestion, Bonebreaker. I've done enough for one night. This respite mutant will give you the opportunity to recover a little and regain sufficient strength to make our next session hurt even more. <laughs> the panel following that really bad panel of Donald Pierce is equally as bad. Even the next two panels are not terrific. <laughs> they're, I mean, they're 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 marginally better, but the the one panel after the th I guess the third panel on the page, uh, he kind of looks like Toad. <laughs> I don't know why, but like a big mouth and no real neck to speak of, just a little tiny chin protruding. Yeah, it ain't great. No, it's not a good panel. Uh, and then uh, Pierce is like, oh, and by the way, if you think your companions are, uh, well, if you think you can follow your companions, you can't because they won't be coming back ever. And he crushes the Siege Perilous, which looks like it turns into dust. I'm not sure. Like, how does Pierce know that Wolverine knows about them being in the Siege Perilous? That's a great question. It's not explained. Okay. Maybe maybe Donald Pierce is like, oh, this is the all-purpose X-Men escape amulet. <laughs> well, we saw the others escaping here, so maybe that's just what they do. Wolverine totally knows about this. <laughs> so he crushes it, and as it crushes, we get a huge thunderbolt across the sky. You're mine until you die, and that won't be for a very long, long time. If I'm lucky, maybe lightning will strike me. And that's when Storm shows up and she says, are you giving up? Got objections. Always. And then Storm transforms into Jean Grey. Like Dark Phoenix Jean Grey. Give it a rest, Jeannie. You're dead too. Sorry, my mistake. I never meant to say you, the Jean Grey who was Phoenix, never really existed. So I guess I never really loved you. Jeez. And that's when Yukio shows up. Is it Yukio? Flaming Broads. Mariko. Mariko. She says, uh, who's Yukio then? Yukio is the other oh, girl. Oh, that's right. And she says, can the same be said for me? Or is it that you are no longer worthy of the sword of Clan Yashida and my love? Flaming broads. Carol Danvers shows up. You saved me from the KGB against the possible odds when everybody else had abandoned me. Different times, Danvers. Different man. You're a ghost. You're all ghosts. Dreams, phantoms, nothing. So just shut up and leave me alone. It's over. Carol Danvers is like, I'm not a ghost. I'm a star jammer, jamming across the universe. <laughs> -na 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 -na. <laughs> and then we get a uh, little child storm. If that is true, Logan, then so am I. Never known weather like this. So it's raining really hard. It's uh, Lightning is coming down. Uh, wonder suddenly if Storm really is a goddess and this is her way of showing she's really angry. You can't help laughing. I mean, she's dead, right? Shot down by havoc, at least according to my fever dream, which I totally believe. <laughs> so how come I'm seeing her of all, of all my phantoms as a little kid? That don't make no sense. The question is, is she real? No, she's dead. <laughs> so, okay. then, so then we flash to the bar all the reavers are in there some are playing cards they're all drinking and on the radio we get reports of unseasonable gales from across the globe torrential rain hurricane force winds floods the worst centered around the city of cairo illinois which is a strange city that i did not know existed sure why not 
What is the what is the significance of Cairo, Illinois? Nothing. It's just, is something happening in the Marvel universe at this time? Like what what is what is the connection here? Nothing, Adam. This is just a, a weird thing that uh, Claremont decided to throw in as just a little extra detail. There's no mm-hmm. plot point here or bearing on future stories at all. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not seriously asking me, are you? No, I really don't know. <laughs> oh, really? What what is Cairo, Illinois? Is that I don't want to spoil. All it. right, all right. I'll, so put a pin in it. <laughs> put a put a big old pin in it. But it should be pretty obvious. Well, I'm assuming it has something to do with young Storm. What? No, Storm's dead. I I know. And she never comes back. I would like to point out, though, I was thinking about this. Like, how many times have the X Men been um, reincarnated? And Storm was killed. She was a space whale once. Yeah, she was like <laughs> born out of a space whale. So, and we saw her dead body. So, there's no way that they would bring her back twice into two different bodies. That'd be dumb. That's pretty awesome. And they they certainly wouldn't do it in 2019. Who who else could you say has been a space whale? Not many people. <laughs> Although, I mean, if we go through all of the pages of the X-Men, probably all of the X-Men were space whales at one point. <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah, so they talk. End of the world. You wish, Cole. Better fold. And we get an even worse depiction of Donald Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Somebody, like, like turned him into a hunchback. Uh, he kind of looks like Nosferatu. He has no neck. Yeah. And his neck, if it is there, is in the wrong place. It's not good. It is not a good panel. This is definitely like Sylvester and Green being like, oh, man, we got two more of these to do this month. Let's get this done. Uh, and they say, if that little muty shrimp went and got himself drowned, wouldn't that be a royal croc? No, Boonbreaker, I do not think so. Speak so again, and you can join him to share his fate. That apparently really upsets Bonebreaker because he breaks an instant head sweat. Oh, he says. <laughs> uh, and that's when uh, Jubilee, she's out like outside. She's like, man, oh, man, how can somebody do something like that so awful? What do they do to me if they help me catch him? What am I going to do? I want to scream. Or actually, Wolverine thinks I want to scream. It's good. Give it all the voice I got left. Who's to hear through all this thunder? And he does scream. And he, he screams and he pulls the nails, or he, I guess he pulls his he pulls his hands off of the cross with the nails in them. The torture, I thought that was the worst, but this, what is this guy? Some animal? Only the berserker in my soul can save me now. Either I die or I win free. One arm, then two. Probably an easy way to do this. Who flaming cares? And he pulls his legs off of the cross. Thunder. Falls to the ground. Lightning, stop it, stop it. Jeez, oh, jeez, oh, jeez, he's free. I gotta, what, look out for number one. That's a smart survivor's play, but he's hurt. And you don't want to end up the same way. He needs help. What's he to do? Uh, what's he to do to you if those guys get their hands on him again? If they get their hands on me? So, kid. He knows me. He knows I'm here. You gonna give a fellow a hand or what? And then Jubilee starts clapping. <laughs> and... That's the end of the issue. Scene. To be continued. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's one of my favorite uh, issues. Uh, I like the whole fever dream, the surreality of it. Uh, I like the perseverance of Wolverine standing up to Pierce. And then ultimately, through sheer will, pulls himself off of that cross. 
and at the last moment looks up the kid, says, gonna help me or what? It's cool. Yeah. I agree. It's it's cool. It's a good issue. It's uh it's uh it's uh I don't know, it's classic Wolverine. No, not only is it cool, it's the best issue. It's weird that you think the best issue is the one with the least amount of X Men. <laughs> and it's weird how I'm not a huge Wolverine solo comic fan. Yeah. What is going on? Uh, and spoilers, the Uncanny X-Men is about to come primarily a Wolverine book for a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be Adam's time to shine. <laughs> so there you go. Adam, I have a question for you. Plant this seed. Okay. If uh, I think Roma said it, that the X-Men could go, whoever they send through the Siege Perilous would have a chance at life again, effectively be reborn, right? Isn't that kind of what? Yeah, they sent um, that lady through, and they sent a whole bunch, and they sent all the Reavers through, didn't they? They sent a bunch of the Reavers through. They didn't send those three that, that are currently part of the team. And then, yeah, the, the woman who was in the Wolverine comic. Becomes Tiger Tiger, the uh, drug lord of Madripoor. Or one of the one of the one of the crime lords of Madripoor. So yeah, and she doesn't remember Wolverine, and Wolverine was like, "That's weird. We just saved her." So it must be this awesome disguise of an eye patch I'm using. <laughs> so the question I have is that uh, if the X Men, well, if anybody, well, primarily the X Men, if the X Men go through the Siege Perilous and are reborn into new lives, uh, would that mean that they are no longer? undetectable by electronic devices? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. I think that it could be argued that that, that effect would go away from them. but Or they'd be twice as undetectable. Yeah. But since Wolverine didn't go through the Siege Perilous, is he to this day still undetectable by electronic devices? He was always detectable. <laughs> I don't know. I I feel like that whole thing is just completely dropped. Well, we'll have to keep our eyes open and see if that uh, see if that's true or not. I'm hopefully we won't forget. And of course, for Storm, it doesn't matter because she's dead. Yeah, I, I okay. <laughs> and she never comes back. I'm gonna let you uh, stick to that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be very excited to see you um, feign surprise. When something in the future happens, I'm not going to say what. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. Was was this your favorite issue, dear listeners? Is it just a good issue or do you hate this issue? You should let us know by contacting us at www.xmenpodcast.com, facebook.com forward slash danger room podcast, Twitter us at Danger Room Go, email us dangerroom at xmenpodcast.com, or go out to iTunes and subscribe to us, leave us some feedbacks, leave us some stars, uh, or go out to www.patreon.com forward slash danger room uh, to get much of the content we post everywhere else and to see some of our exciting Patreon levels that you too can subscribe to. Are you like uh, Jeremy, where you don't really care for Wolverine, but surprisingly, this is your favorite issue ever? I don't know if it's my favorite issue ever. It's probably up there. It could, I could probably put this on the, it's definitely in the top five, and it might be number one. I guess I'd really have to think about that one. 
You've got ten minutes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Adam. Well, you did some other reading. <laughs> yeah, so apparently I'm I'm going to do this solo, oh, which means it's going to go by very quickly. Perfect. I can chime in from time to time to make the time spread out. <laughs> um, X Factor number 46, we continue the story of that we've been building up to, where Iceman is going to fight Archangel because they're a part of the society where people fight stuff. Uh, we finally get Jean Grey figure out where she is. She finally wakes up because the, the rejects are going to make a trade with the chosen to, uh, to get some of their people back and they're going to give them Jean Grey and they purposely uh, go past beast so that some reject lady can see if beast is going to be a traitor, which of course he does. Cause he's like, Jean, what's going on? Uh, and then they attack beast and Cyclops somehow sees it far away and runs away. And then all of the his gang, which are the begin agains. I can't believe I'm remembering any of this. I mean, neither. Uh, <laughs> uh, they, they decide they're going to join him on his quest to rescue uh, Jean. Uh, Jean turns out to be Madeline. When she wakes up, it's Madeline. She's like, not, not Jean, Beast. It's me, Madeline. She looks evil, too. Well, that's Madeline for you. Sure. So who knows what shenanigans they're going to do. Cyclops and the gang have to go through the giant celestial. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, No word on about Iceman fighting Archangel yet. It just kind of builds up to that. Then the, uh, the chosen lady that has kind of got Christopher or Nathan, whatever his name is, uh, she gets outed as, um, I guess, harboring a child, which is a bad thing in this culture. It looks like the next issue is where, no, there's still more issues to go. Never mind. 40 is 49. 49 is the last part of this whole saga. And this was just issue 46. Yeah. Okay. So we got, we got three more. Yeah. This one, this this one was better. Um, it, it moved pretty quickly for all the words that it had. The interesting thing is uh, issue number 49 says Archangel versus Iceman. So I think you have to wait for that fight for quite a while. That makes sense. You know, you're building up to the big thing. Sure. And, you know, they're not really going to fight anyway. No, I'm, I don't actually because I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the storyline. I don't know if, uh, if we've talked about that yet. I think you've mentioned it every single issue. Oh, okay. Of this uh, <laughs> collection. Wasn't sure if I had or not. The New Mutants number 81 is a fill-in issue. Um, it, they, it does not take place in Ad, Asgard. It is written by Chris Claremont. Oh. It is drawn by two different artists, and it uh, it is about uh, Magma telling Empath the story of how she met her god, who is Hercules. Oh. And it's it's pretty fun. At first, you know, Hercules is classic Hercules, and she thinks he's kind of adult. And then over the period of time, they... They come to respect each other after saving some lives and hanging out together, and it's decent. Okay. It was a quick read. Seems like a fill-in issue. Did you say that? I did. Oh, okay. It is. Okay. It says right at the beginning, <laughs> uh, this is a fill-in issue. Now, what does it say? Hey, folks, well, the New Mutants are off in Asgard dealing with various Norse deities. We thought we'd take a look back and see how a former team member met up with a certain Greek demigod. 
How's that for a mythological theme? Okay, we admit it. We needed something to save us from the dreaded deadline doom. Uh Okay. Then in Wolverine number 14, um, it's another action-adventure issue where Wolverine, uh, they're flying back to Madripoor, uh, Wolverine, Archie, Archie's brother, Bert, and Jessica Drew. And um, they're following a plane filled with vampires and the Baal guy. And Wolverine's plane kind of sneaks up on that other plane or I guess gets above it. And Jessica Drew and Wolverine dive onto the plane and go in and start killing vampires. And it's action-packed and it's exciting. And even Bert gets in on the action from uh, he wants to go down on the plane. And Archie's like, you better not. But he has some of the vampires start climbing up a ladder to the other plane and he has to like kick them off and stuff. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, back in Madripoor, uh, McDonald has the piece of the Johanna stone that the two brothers killed themselves for last issue. And uh, Lindsay McCabe, I think, sleeps with him in order to see the Johanna stone piece because they're both messed up. I no, they don't end up sleeping together. They're just making out. They they were about to until the cops barged in on them. Yeah. Or the military men, whoever they are. The 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 goons of the prince. Yeah. Uh then we got Excalibur number 14 where Excalibur is quickly teleported away from the English uh place that they uh were at. There's a couple of humorous scenes where the ogre that was fighting Captain Britain last issue was, or last couple of issues, was uh, he, he's like a butler now, and he kind of slaps Captain Britain on the back, and he's like, hey, oops, sorry, and he knocks him into a table. Uh, Nigel Frobisher, there's a Nigel Frobisher in this version of this reality, and she makes Phoenix really upset with his uh, the gross thoughts in his mind, and that energy that builds up inside of her forces Excalibur. Um, the, the widget steals that energy and it sends Excalibur into another reality. And then the big ogre smacks Nigel Frobusher and says, he's speaking disrespectful. He wasn't my chums. So he's, he's made a full turnaround. Mm. Excalibur thinks they're back in their own world, but then it turns out that they're in a silly universe where everything's really kind of ridiculous. And then Galactus shows up and eats everybody and says, this should never have existed because this world is too silly. There's even a cameo of uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne as they're competing over storylines. And there's a uh, there's a Dalek. I see that there's like a Captain America Deathlock, which is pretty cool. There's a Captain America Deathlock. There's every iteration of Wolverine, each saying, I'm the best there is at what I do. It's kind of funny. I guess I I wish I would have read this one. It's a good one. I mean, it's got it's got some good uh, silly stuff. And then Galactus shows up and says, "This world can't exist anymore. This is way too silly," um, and it, and it's threatening to get into other stuff. So Excalibur escapes, and then it turns out that the whole universe is created by Mister Impossible. Yeah. And Galactus says, "Don't do this again." And then he leaves, and then Mr. Impossible recreates everything. Is it Mr. Impossible or Impossible Man? Yes. <laughs> it's both? It's one of those. Because he was 
the, he was in one of the X-Men annuals where silly yeah, other silly things happened. It's that guy. Yeah. So I don't know what his name is. Miss uh, Impossible Man is fine. I accept that. I don't remember. I like how Spider-Man has six arms. That's kind of cute. It's silly, man. It's silly. It's so silly. Yeah. Well, spoilers. Uh, if you don't read this issue and you read the next issue of Excalibur accidentally because you think that's the issue that you're supposed to read, you don't really miss anything in the entire story, except for the silliness, I suppose. Which is the best part. Actually, if you look at the uh, the cover of this issue, it's pretty cool because you get you get the one cover, which is just... X, it looks like Excalibur facing off against a couple of Marvel mainstays. But then if you flip over to the back cover, you see all of the, like, you see a uh, super fat Quicksilver. Uh, you see a sub Submariner with giant flipper feet. Daredevil's got a big silly grin on his face. Silver Surfer's got knee pads. There's your Deathlock Captain America. Loki's got Thor's hammer. Uh, Modok is a giant egg, and then the issue he cracks open. And then there's like a giant, 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 giant man. Yes. Yeah, this cover's also reminiscent of like the one of the covers of, I think, Secret Wars, and the cover of one of the boxes uh, of Marvel. Serial. What? <laughs> no, Marvel. Boxes, boxes of Serial. No, Marvel, the Marvel superheroes. Uh, pen and paper role-playing game oh yeah it, it's it's yeah it's that classic heroes versus other heroes sort of thing where every you can clearly see what everybody's doing and yes marvel comics presents number 35 continues the excalibur uh having a wild weekend story this time we get uh some nightcrawler action where he faces up uh first he gets turned into a human and all of the monsters are laughing at him because he's a gross human. So it's kind of the reverse Nightcrawler. Um, then he fights a familiar uh, moose and squirrel combo. They are Rambo and Van Winkle. <laughs> oh. um, Karloff, Romanoff are there. So it's all the Bullwinkle, uh, Bullwinkle and Rocky mainstays. Uh it's a whole lot of fighting. We get some more of what Captain Britain is doing in the Wizard of Oz world where he fights the flying monkeys. Um, he doesn't get the reference when somebody says, we'll be back for you and your little dog too. This is just getting weirder and weirder. Uh, the bad guys fire Nightcrawler out of a cannon into a wall. And then when he wakes up, he's got a knife between his legs and a whole bunch of people are throwing knives at balloons, trying to pop the balloons. And then we cut to Kitty, Pride, and Megan are, uh, they finally figured out something about this crazy system, and they, uh, Kitty phases Nightcrawler through the wall, and Megan gives him a smooch. Yes, I saw that. Sheesh, you'd think she did all the work. And that's it for this week's extras. Uh, I have a question, Adam, uh, that I'm sure we'll just find out if we continue reading comic books, but... Is Jubilee? No, we're, we're not going to read comic books anymore. <laughs> is Jubilee? From now on, we're going to just imagine what we think the story should be. That's a good idea. We just look at the cover and make up our own story. <laughs> uh, is Jubilee's uh, introduction into the Wolverine comic seamless, or is she just there one day? Well, 
it's it's well established by the time by the time we get to the Wolverine comic it their relationship is already pretty well established okay so i guess we'll find out but i guess uh, Wolverine's going to do more solo adventures that probably take place before X-Men 251 and then there's the the introduction of Jubilee into the Wolverine comics. So we just did Wolverine 14. I don't think Jubilee shows up in the Wolverine until the 40s. Oh, wow. So it's quite a while. And I think, yeah, she's just kind of hanging out with uh, Jubilee or uh, Wolverine. And she just continues hanging out with Wolverine. And so it, it is more or less seamless in that, you know, it's like, it's like a guest star. Like anytime, like you'd read Wolverine and you'd have a guest star. And it would make sense because they're friends of Wolverine. And then she just kind of becomes the sidekick through that. Gotcha. But it, but it, it, it's like after Extinction Agenda, though. So like, oh my gosh, okay. So so Jub, we all know who Jubilee is pretty well, and she's already got that kind of. She becomes the new Kitty Pride as far as the relationship with Wolverine. I feel like in Uncanny X Men. So by the time she shows up in Wolverine, you're not like surprised. Sure, sure. And that's all I have to say about that. Interesting. I. Uh... I had no idea. Those issues are written by G.I. Joe's Larry Hama. I'm looking forward to that. Those should be easy, fun reads. Easy, breezy, somewhat sleazy. <laughs> All right, Adam. Do you have anything else to add? No, sir. Okay, next time I'll have read some of the backup material. Yay. Wait, maybe you should read all of the backup material next time, yeah. and you get to do the whole thing. Yeah. Do we really want this episode to be double double length? Do we really want me to ever do this again? <laughs> You're so succinct, though. Yeah, but I'm so stumbly. <laughs> I do, and then, and then, and then, and then. Well, I think uh, the thing that could help that, Adam, is more practice. So. I will. This is our 296th episode. If I haven't had enough practice by now, I'm not getting enough practice. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, until next time, my name is Jeremy. My name's Adam. And the danger room is closed. Practice, practice, practice. practice.